Value Town is a production of ChamMV TV. Find out all show information and details at ChamMV.tv. Value Town is directly supported by listeners like yourself via patreon.com slash valuetown. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 123 of Value Town. I'm Chan Man V, and joining me today are Noxious and our first time guest, Muzzy. What's up, buddy? Doing good. How are you guys? Good, good. So, fresh off of a win today. So, we'll definitely be getting a chance to talk to, or we're going to be you know, asking Muzzy all about that amazing win. But it's been a few days since then, Muzzy. How are you feeling, man? Um, I'm feeling pretty good. I- Took a little, like a couple days off the Hearthstone, you know. Played, played some other games, but last day of the season, so back at Hearthstone. <laughs> yeah, not too much of a break then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Muzzy's basically doing the the Hearthstone strategy of let's not play for twenty nine days and then just jam all the games to finish very high in the top hundred to, to get as much as you can. It usually works. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, the, that's kind of what you have to try to do, right? Like, how have you been yeah. uh, finishing in the top hundreds usually? Um, um, most of the, like the past couple seasons, it's mostly been like top twenty-five finishes here and there. But that's when I played more on ladder. Like mm-hmm. this season, um, I finished top hundred on Asia in the last hours, and then we'll see what happens on NA. So nice. Yeah, I'm pretty used to the top 10 muzzy finishes these days when i'm looking at how all the ladders finish you know and they, they listen out all the all the players it's like yeah yeah muzzy's up there again yeah not, no surprise um but what approach do you take to hct these days because i know some folks like to play the the uh the cups you know like really rely on those points some people only rely on ladder what do you usually do um for me it's a mix of both because that's what you really have to do to get a high seed yeah. open cups aren't too difficult to finish just like the time you have to dedicate to to grinding them out to get your five points mm-hmm. so like the eu region is a bit different so i don't know how how like how you should approach their point structure like w- mm-hmm. which you should go for on ladder but for me i basically just finish on ladder like get a top 50 top 100 finish and then win a cup or maybe get a second every month and you should be good for yeah. na prelims like my original goal was uh at the start of this year was to well it wasn't like the original goal depending on like last call this year is mm-hmm. different from last year whoever finishes first in points automatically qualifies to the world championship right. so Depending, like, there's a bunch of majors that are scattered around. Depending on how well you do in majors, that'll affect whether you should go for last call or not. So I've just been getting pretty good finishes on ladder, and then I ended up doing well in a, in a few majors, and I ended up uh, qualifying for Shanghai as well. So I have a, a lot of points, and that that's helped me get towards yeah. last call. Like, if you you should never be like actively going for last call. It's way too much of, <laughs> of the time stressful. Crazy. I feel like. Yeah. I feel like RDU did that for mm-hmm. like last year. Um, yeah, I, I did that as well last year, actually. Okay, yeah. it's a lot of pressure because I think the rewards are just like you have to push to put more time and more wins and more effort than I, I mean I say more effort, but that's really going to be relative. But you have to do better 
than pretty much everyone else and then there's still no guarantee at the end of the day that you still make it through yeah um, so it's that's what we were talking about the last cool. call tournament should really have had a decent prize pool given that those are the best yep. players right that are not yeah. actually qualified yet so um, we got nothing. They got nothing. <laughs> Complete <laughs> air. Yeah. Well, before we dive into more, we kind of got started on the HGT talk a little early, but I do want to remind everybody that this uh, episode is sponsored by Game Coach, which uh, if you're looking to rank up in, in Hearthstone and maybe become legendary for the first time, go check out Game Coach's website and sign up for some of the coaches that they have in Hearthstone, um, one of them being George C., with their skilled coaches that can give you like tips and pointers and improve your play immediately. So... Uh, these coaches were handpicked by Game Coach, and uh, they try to provide you know the best experience. Some game, you know, some coaching sites. Sometimes you get a coach that doesn't really match up that great. They do they do a, a pretty heavy vetting system here just to try to make sure that you know these people can talk to you you know pretty well and you know are are definitely good at interacting with you. Uh, you can also find coaching for League of Legends, CS:GO, and Overwatch there too. And if you use the promo code Value Talent all in caps, then you get ten percent off today. So discounts are always great. Uh, but you go check that out. It's game-coach.com. Okay, well, anyways, continuing the HTT talk and you qualifying for Shanghai, I mean, how does it feel, dude, to finally qualify for finals? Because that was a running, mm. I don't know, joke or narrative that Muzzy is probably the best player who hasn't qualified for one yet. So that, getting that monkey off your shoulders, how does it feel, man? Uh, I mean, it feels pretty good. I mean... I don't know. It's kind of still doesn't, hasn't like really set in. Things don't really set in for me that much. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I I qualified and other people didn't. It's finally my turn. (laughs) Don't get too excited now. It's finally, don't get too excited about that result, man. It's just, it's just, uh, it's just a qualification. You could still fail miserably, right? You got to keep your hopes uh, as as under control as possible. Or step two. It's step two. Uh, Step one is qualify for prelims. Step two is. Qualifying uh, for finals. That, that's really sick. Um, it's kind of nice to see that we have like a, you know, whenever there's a qualifying player, usually it, it turns out that the top players in those events tend to be the same. Like you see, this, tend mm-hmm. to see them all the time. Yeah. Sure, the winner is not the same every time, um, but it's still nice to see the same names and seeing you up there was really satisfying. I mean, mm-hmm. beyond the fact that you did it, there's also the score that you had just in the overall event. It's not just... It's not just the qualification that, that makes it so huge. Yeah. Is the fact that you ended up going 10-0. 10-0. <laughs> it, was, it was a pretty dominating performance. I couldn't, I couldn't even believe it. Like, it was. Our friends yeah. when we were at the event, we were kind of joking, like, you going to go 10-0? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go 10-0. <laughs> and then I went 10-0. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Calling it, Just, man. Uh, believe in it, man. Believe yeah. in the heart of the cards. Sometimes they line up. I'm not sure that's ever happened. Uh, We've never seen a 10-0 in a prelim. We've not seen a prelim, a, not, no. we've seen close yeah. or we've seen close in the uh, was it the finals? No, not in the finals. We've, we've seen we, ones. We've seen. I think we've seen a single one, like a nine-one at some. Yeah, point. nine-one. I think it was a nine-one, and it was like last. I think it was last season actually. We had a nine-one, but 10-0, yeah, man, was... first and could be the only. Yeah. <laughs> well, definitely want to congratulate the other three players that made it also to the finals, which was Anton Diego Diaz from South America, which is pretty cool. And um, Kyo, is it Kuonet? I think that's how you pronounce his name, that you played in the finals. Yeah, I think it's Kuonet. Yeah, Kuonet. Yeah. Uh, so those three players will be joining you. And then, of course, this week is going to be the APAC um, region, getting a chance to get their qualifiers there. But uh, um, what, you going to say something? 
Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to to that to see like what decks do well since they're gonna be my competition in Shanghai, right? Yeah, be watching watching the Blizzard stream as much as I can. It's gonna be home field advantage for them too, man. <laughs> if if that yeah. plays any kind of or if that is any kind of advantage, um, I, I don't think an advantage like that exists in Hearthstone. I mean, yeah, I, I guess you so could either. say bring up the argument of uh, of jet lag for like. EU people at any events and NA people at EU events, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I haven't really experienced that myself yet. So, well, if they live in Shanghai, it could be a nice advantage. Home cooking, yeah. you know, could be could be good, yeah. and, and sleeping in your own bed and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Wanted to ask you about your decks, though, because one of the things that I remember yeah. you mentioning in the post interview was that uh, you, you you brought out Miracle Rogue particularly that. You felt that people were underestimating, underestimating Miracle Rogue, and that it performed extremely well. And I think we saw—was uh, it TJ post a uh, statistics as to like how some of these decks did in HCT? And Miracle yeah. Rogue was one of the top ones. So yeah, I think uh, Miracle Rogue being one of the top ones, like the the fact that my win rate actually affected those stats, but I, <laughs> like. These yeah. decks, I I prepared uh, my practice group. It usually consists of me, Amnesia, Chaki, Yotes, Flow, and Nostum. And when we when we practice, we do a lot of spreadsheets. See, look up VS data, see what's working mm-hmm. for people, what people want to bring, and then choose decks based on that. And one of the particular things about this lineup when we were working on it, the Warrior, Shaman, and uh, and Paladin especially, was that we wanted to have decks that were pretty strong against the Psy Gunther Mage that rose in popularity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why they decided to bring Priest. They felt Priest had a very, very good opportunity mm-hmm. versus Psy sense. Gunther Mage. Mm-hmm. But I personally don't like Priest that much. Sure, it, it has a good chance against second through mage but my miracle rogue i feel people don't believe this but i think miracle rogue with arcane giants questing uh lines up really well against the gunther mage and it doesn't hurt your other matchups like one of the targeted bands for for their lineup was uh was jay Druid, a popular deck but mm-hmm. with me bringing the the rogue i didn't really have to ban jay Druid, and i kind of beat up on jay Druid on stream on a bunch of games like these decks have not great matchups versus J. Drew, but they still have a fighting chance where against for them it mm-hmm. might not be as much since they have the priest. So your strategy, what, what was the deck to ban every single time? Uh the main ban, the top priority is uh Quest Rogue. Yeah. It's it preys on control decks and Miracle Rogue doesn't have uh too much early game board presence and uh and AoE, so it preys on that as well. So the top ban for me was to get Quest Rogue out of the equation and then try to beat up on my opponent's other decks, especially Taunt Warrior. Taunt Warrior is another deck I felt uh, I I beat up on, and Miracle Rogue does a really good job of that. Priest, not as much. I don't know about you, Noxious, but every time I remember Muzzy playing in tournaments, I usually remember like a lot of aggro decks. <laughs> so Yeah, I feel like you're mostly associated different. with that, but to be fair, though... Yeah. It's because aggro is usually when it comes to like a, a refined metagame tends to kind of come out on top. And um, this isn't the case necessarily this time around, not at least completely. There are some really solid aggro decks and they, they, they're very easy to build a lineup with. 
but they're also running into some really big roadblocks. And the metagame is super polarized, right, Muzzy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, with the aggro decks thing, I, I tended to bring it in the past because they tended to be the most powerful decks in that meta. They could have draws that, like, not a lot of decks could compete with, but one of the downsides of that was they could just have draws where they can't compete with any decks, right? And uh, and that'll show in in tournaments and you end up losing. But, like, right now, the metagame's at a point where uh, the only, like, really powerful aggro deck, I would say, is the aggro token druid. Like, Pirate Warrior, with it losing a lot of early game on its one-drops, I don't think it's a very good deck. And people still do for some reason. I think the Miracle Rogue matchup, it used to be atrocious in the past, but with hallucinations and all these uh, stealing effects, that matchup ends up being fine as well. So uh, I took up an approach this time of uh, bringing decks with a lot of like one of cards you could see, like the Lasher and my Miracle Rogue, the SI. It gives you a, it gives you a range versus a bunch of matchups and having like those one of one of cards it allows your opponents to play they might play differently around those cards so it, like with this lineup i didn't target anything particularly hard i just kind of brought good decks that would allow me to play hearthstone you know for i i feel <laughs> the first time in a metagame rather than just have your decks stomping your way through yeah well it seemed to work really really well and for those of you listening on the podcast right now he brought Jade Shaman, Miracle Rogue, uh, Quest Warrior, and then Control Shaman, or Control Paladin, sorry. Control Paladin. Yeah, yeah. which was an interesting choice, too, Control Pally, because uh, we saw some Pallies bringing, you know, a little bit more of the mid range Murloc. It seems to be making a, like, a comeback now, this, that, that mid range deck. Uh, yeah. So talk to me some about people... this. Was it purely about against Mage? Was it, did you just. Uh, yeah, it? the Control Pally, uh, it's particularly strong against mage and the murloc pally it can uh since it doesn't run as much healing it's only source of healing tends to be rack light lord or true silver champions it, it, yeah. the gunther mage can kind of take board with all their aoe's whereas the control pally you're not really doing much so their cards are are weaker against you and then you have all this healing to fall back on and the harrison jones comes in big in that <laughs> matchup as well because yeah. Because of Medivh, Medivh's one of the ways they can swing the board in their favor. So it, it just control pally was a was a pretty good deck against mage, and it's really good against a bunch of other aggro decks that we expected. Mm-hmm. Like some people you saw bring Nazoth in their paladin, mm-hmm. and that was a nod towards the control meta. But mm-hmm. like control pally, the matchup up against Nazoth and and the mirror even. It's a lot about tempo and trying to get the board and just trying to hit their face and kill them as quickly as possible in that matchup. And versus a bunch of aggro decks, you just have all the healing, have all the board clear. So I think it's a it's a particularly powerful deck that covers a wide wide range. Yeah, I, played yeah, I think the Spiker Seed basically yeah. makes it disgusting it, like without spike mm-hmm. Christine, i feel like we just wouldn't see much paladin i like i maybe that's a ballsy yeah. ballsy statement but i feel like that card is single-handedly responsible for keeping them uh, alive right now uh, i i definitely agree yeah. with these spike Seed's mm-hmm. probably one of the most powerful cards that paladin has in its arsenal i see some people like 
run only one in their list. And I'm like, you're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> well, you know what? I, so sometimes I feel like only running one when I end up playing that secret mage all the time with the spellbender. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I yeah. can't play yeah, this I mean, card. Against that mage, you just yeah. never play it. Play yeah, I know. That's what sucks. It's in your hand all game long, basically. And it just, unless you're desperate for a last, like you're, you're on your last leg and it's like, if I don't play this, I lose, um, then you just try it out, and if it fails, then you just lose yeah. anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. But yeah, unless you're desperately behind, you usually just hold on to it. So yeah, I feel like Control Paladin is one of those decks that, mm -hmm. because of the prevalence of aggro Paladin and mid-range Paladin, like, you know, the Murloc with six drops, uh, six one drops, I feel like that deck just got less attention uh, than I think it deserved for a while. But Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty... It, or Noxious, isn't it a great that professor or at least the the high level meta actually has evolve and Medivh in it at the same time right now at least not these decks that that uh muzzy ended up bringing but we did see plenty of evolve and we of course we've seen plenty of Medivh recently so i know we've talked about those two cards a lot on this show so <laughs> i just wanted to point out how cool it is uh, that the meta i i personally don't feel that uh that evolve shamans too it's actually a deck i beat a bunch in the in the tournament with all my decks. Oh, you beat so, a bunch? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, beat a bunch of all shamans. I, I, don't, I don't think it's, like, you know, particularly too powerful. Like, mm -hmm. you can play around their... I, I guess with uh, other decks, uh, you can be weaker against them, but with my lineup with uh, a bunch of AoE options I had, it's their, their deck doesn't line up too well. Yeah. I yeah. personally haven't played it too much on ladder to, like, give... An opinion from like you know the evolved shaman side, but from like the other end, I, I'm I'm happy when, when I see someone play with, um, against me. Fair yeah, I've I've definitely played my share of uh, uh, you know, just the paladin that you have against the shaman, and yeah, it's it's a great matchup. Uh, speaking of shaman, you brought a jade shaman, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. No explosiveness to it because there's no bloodlust or anything like that. It's just like your your straight laced jade shaman that even has one jade chieftain at the end of it. Talk to us about mm -hmm. that a little bit. The, so this list um, is kind of similar to... It, it's it's a list that one of my friends actually played in a bunch of opens, Yo, It's Flow, who I prepped with. Mm, uh, yeah. What's different about the list he was playing earlier, he had two Jade Chieftains, no Lightning Bolt, mm -hmm. and all the decks in my my lineup kind of nodded towards Agra, so we wanted to have the Lightning Bolt as you know another card that you can keep in your mulligan and it'll shut down aggro early game. Like, if they innervate a Vicious Fledgling, just lightning oh, yeah. bolted, and then oh they lose God, the game. That's so great, yeah. Yeah. Those so, guys and the, and then we included the Jade Chieftains as well to uh, be able to have a game against control. Like, this is... We, we expected a few control decks, not as much as there was, but it turns out if you uh, play the control matchups well, you can still beat them, even if they have greedier lists. So mm -hmm. that's why we have the Jade Chieftain in there. I think Stan Sifka brought a similar Jade Shaman to EU, but instead of uh, Jade Chieftain, he had two Lightning Bolts, and I think he had a Blood Mage Thalnos instead of Harrison Jones as well. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like the Blood Mage Thalnos was uh, was too relevant. Like, sure, it, it with Maelstrom Portal is absolutely devastating, but you do have Volcano, so you have a bunch of board clears against Aggro Druid. Yeah, especially with the Vols, so that's why I wanted to go slightly greedier on the on the Jade Shaman list and beat up on pretty much everything with it, besides Quester. 
I'd take Harrison Jones any day, man, right now, I guess, because Medivh is crazy value, and you pretty much hit at anything, like Paladin, Warrior. I mean, you're all, you don't see Hunter much, but even Rogue, right? You'll get some value out of Harrison with whatever matchup you play. Mm-hmm. Um, Spirit Echo. Even Warrior. Warrior. Yeah. yeah, Warrior too, yeah. So with Spirit Echo, what are some of the popular targets? Because we've talked about Spirit Echo some on this this uh, show, and it's it's always been more for my meme. You just fun casual <laughs> standpoint but eh, like really well i mean to a degree i mean i was talking about doppelgangster and like spirit echoes in the past you know that okay sort of yeah no no yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no no but that's a different life you're living <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 so in a jade deck like this what are some of your most popular you know combo moves with spirit echo mainly uh what i found is you tend to spirit echo your thing from balls you hold back on your thing from balls yeah. till they cost around zero mana against control and you spirit echo them with uh on a big board with like jade spirits and aya potentially like against against mage you would spirit echo your genuine water speakers your hot springs to yeah to heal out a range of their burn but against control decks you just tend to um like warrior and then paladin you tend to spirit echo both thing from blows and and a jade spirit that's why sometimes you have to hold back on playing a jade spirit in that matchup till mm-hmm. you have time to spirit echo it with the thing from blow because mm-hmm. they just can't compete with that value that, that's also another reason why we included a uh, jade chieftain in the list it's also a really yeah, nice spirit totally. echo target like if you don't hit your mana type draw and in the late game if you just have a jade chieftain and a spirit echo fine turn 10 play yeah that's that sounds pretty great man i never i never tried spirit echo with jade that totally makes sense now that you're talking about it uh, um, jade's grow humongous <laughs> yeah it yeah, does it's like it's one of those super clean turn 10s too because it just feels good to do yeah. uh, like there are some other plays like that that just feel good to do when you're going like equality primordial drake you know that that 10 mana count that exactly does what you need it to <laughs> that jade chieftain spirit echo is up there in terms of satisfaction levels when you've got nothing else to do I, I find pressing the hunter hero power most satisfying out of anything in Hearthstone. <laughs> the, the the constant in Hearthstone. <laughs> like, no question as to what it does. <laughs> Speaking of uh, questioning a, a hero power, or at least a, an inconsistent hero power, let's just talk about Warrior and just the quest warrior and the the craziness that ensued, I feel like, from the quest warrior during the tournament. Uh I felt I felt like every match I watched had some kind of quest warrior involved with it, whether it was was warrior versus yeah. paladin or warrior versus rogue or or something. Um, yeah, I guess. What are your thoughts on quest warrior right now in in the competitive tournaments? Um, I'm fine with quest warrior. I think it's a really powerful deck that has good matchups versus almost everything. But, like, some people don't like it since uh, a lot of games come down to winning 50-50s and hitting them in the face. But, like, you don't really... If you play the deck well, you don't usually have to put yourself in that situation. Mm -hmm. Sure, in the bad matchups, it comes down to that. But if you build your deck right, like, for the mirror, people would say um, it comes... It comes down to completing the quest and then winning 50-50s on minions or the face, right? But if you build your deck differently with Battle Rages, uh, Harrison, and Dirty Rats, you tend to complete the quest a lot earlier before your opponent and just win because that's how your deck's built. That's uh, one thing I did in the tourney a whole bunch. Uh, won some mirrors because of how my deck was built. So I, I, I really like Quest Warrior. I haven't 
I don't think I've played it on ladder a single game actually. But, what? Yeah. Really? Uh, on ladder, wow. I, I, okay. On ladder, I tend to play other decks. Like I, yeah. I, I don't like the slow style. I, I hated Control Warrior in the past. Like Justicar was one of my most hated cards. <laughs> but now I just I, I just play different decks on ladder. Like the, the Shaman deck, even I I haven't played it on ladder a whole bunch. I just or the Paladin. I haven't played the Paladin deck like. That Where are well. you? <laughs> yeah, you're totally practicing. Off, you you got to practice with your, totally. with your friends yeah. too, because the, there's a crazy. huge difference in the like the the list that you'd run into on ladder. Like you can actually mm-hmm. tech a bit more specifically in tournaments, so it makes sense that you'd yeah. play. Uh, you know, not every deck on ladder that you bring to tourneys. Yeah. I mean, I so I'm the complete opposite. I play all of these these decks you're talking about on ladder, and therefore my the number of ladder games i play is probably half the number that you play given that these yeah, games yeah, you don't you don't want to play like it takes forever ladder yeah either. that's one of the other reasons i i, I want to get as many ladder games in as i can that's why yeah to Noxious. play quicker decks yeah nox is your insights on i was just going to speak of the control warrior thing you know you mentioned justicar shuhar it's one of your your least favorite cards of all time um, the interesting thing too about Justicar, and I guess like I loved it at first because at the time of you know TGT, the deck was kind of different from what it evolved to become. And when LOE came out, the League of Explorers, the deck kind of become kind of became like this armor up for ten thousand hours, <laughs> and then flip a coin on the golden monkey. Like the yeah. in that way, I would much rather flip rag shots quick. <laughs> <laughs> then mm-hmm. play wow. out a 40 minute <laughs> game that comes down yeah. yeah no it's true like flipping a coin on a monkey and flipping a coin on a rack shot is the same at the end of the day except one of them is you know going to take you less than an hour to pull off so i think in that way maybe i i kind of like the current incarnation of the you know the variance that's added to the the win condition it's uh it was yeah, the, i guess there was that one game that was literally I don't know how many rag shots were in that, but it was hitting like the minion every time. You know, it was hitting five like, turns, dude. Five yeah, turns. Yeah, it was at least five straight turns where rag was hitting the wrong thing from both sides, and it was <laughs> it was a circus for sure from both sides. I can't imagine yeah, even it was like nuts. The, man. Can you imagine the pressure on the the guy like the shoulders of the guys every single turn just clicking that button? If I if I hit it, I win. win. If I don't hit it. I lose, and then the massive sigh, like the adrenaline, it just floods your body, and or just dissipates from it as soon as the game is over. And the frustration that stems from being on the losing side of that, I don't think I would have been able to keep my cool in that spot. I, I just, I would have lost it, dude. It didn't happen to me that much. I just kept <laughs> yeah, that's good. Thankfully, yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing that we're noticing, especially with Sulfuris, is that, like you said before, Muzzy, it, I think most pros are starting to get him out faster. So we're actually seeing more like the game. There's still like about five to seven, eight turns afterwards, you know, after Sulfuris is is equipped that we, you know, we see the games kind of play out. So you can, you can give yourself decent chances, right? Like the way you play around Sulfuris. And I think, I think there's some skill that's not really talked about very much, you know, in terms of playing around it too. And, you know, some people eke out victories too, right? Just playing around it. So, um, you know, it's definitely not just coin flips all the time like people are always talking about and i know a lot of people have problems yeah definitely with it. not yeah so it's, uh, it's just the i think it's the perception of it that's worse than anything else it's like when babbling book wins right like for all yeah. the 99 times it does nothing there's that other one time yeah. that people remember it being super ridiculous right it's yeah it's a perception <laughs> issue at that yeah. point 
All right. Well, um, you know, I think we'll wrap up just HTT. And again, congrats, buddy, on, you know, getting through to the, the finals. Now we just got to take the finals and get to BlizzCon and you're good to go. Yeah. Just got a top four. That's right. Top four. Shanghai. And that's, uh, how many rounds is it? That's, that's two wins? Um, it's like... No, there's GSL groups, right? bracket, there's group stages. Yeah, there's yeah. groups. I you have to, yeah. you have to go, I believe, 2-0 in your group and then win another match to top four or like 2-1 and then other right. matches, something like that. We'll figure that out later. Yeah. Good luck with that and try to enjoy some of Shanghai. Shanghai's a pretty cool town, so <laughs> if you get a mm-hmm. chance to go out and have some fun, that'd be that's good too, after the tournament, of course. <laughs> Not before. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so I guess we, we kind of skipped our week in Hearthstone, but Noxious, you've been casting Star Ladder all, all week or a couple weeks now, so... It's been three weeks, yeah, I've yeah. been casting that, a lot of that. How's that been going, like, in terms of... Uh, <laughs> I saw you and Lothar making out yesterday. That was, like, a uh, pretty, pretty awesome transition there. Oh, can't hear you, buddy. Oh, uh-oh, I think I might be. Hold on a second. I think I, I'm... Give me one second. Something's going on. I don't think I hear them. <laughs> Hold on a second. All right, are we back, Chairman? Okay, there we go. You guys, you guys are back. Sorry, yeah, I think it's perfect. Going on there. <laughs> <That> <laughs> I missed the explanation of the. But... <laughs> oh, was it? Oh, okay. Anyway, I think my yeah, yeah, it was, was, it was sick. There. All right. So to answer your question about Starlighter, right? Like the um, the interesting <laughs> thing about the um, the tournament was that basically the decks were submitted on the on like May 9th. Yeah, which means that the snapshot of the meta was so old by the time oh, we that's ended. Right. That's right. You know, like yesterday we yeah. finished yesterday with the last chance. It's been so long, and like we had lists that just didn't feel optimized. We we had you know secret mage with Medivh sprinkled in, which you know you do see sometimes, but it's not like the tournament meta right now. It's not really going that direction. Mm-hmm. Like things have yeah. definitely changed a little bit, and um, it, it was kind of interesting to have this weird snapshot. You know, the Paladin lists were also. A bit uh, similar, but not quite resembling what we expect in the meta. And aggro dominated that portion of the meta game, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. They did super well in the event, but if you were to pit them against the current tournament setting, they would probably do slightly worse because the current meta shifted a little bit more towards control yeah. in many respects. As people realize that you can make those decks less greedy and still have you know cover a wide range of of, um, of archetypes. So the event was pretty cool. We ended up having, uh, you know, five people and are going to be going for the Kiev finals on the 9th of June. So nice. it's going to be happening pretty soon. Nice. So you're going to so you're going to be going to Kiev then and casting that? I cannot. No, I've got mm. uh, obligations, so I must stay here. Okay, which kind of cool. sucks, but life happens. <laughs> Traveling can be tough, anyway. So it's all good. Uh, yeah. So for me, I guess this week, obviously Muzzy was been <laughs> busy this week playing that, uh, but this week just been. Playing Seeker Mage and Paladin just whenever I can. Been pretty busy too, but uh, given today's the last day of the ladder, you know, ch- trying to push <laughs> this last minute to Legend, which I always do, and I never end up having time to do at the end. But um, Muzzy, this is the last day of the ladder for you too, right? So after the show, is it just yeah. pretty much nonstop playing rest of the way? Uh, yeah, we'll see how much I want to play. Like I yeah. don't really have to play, but you know, I. I have obligations. People expect me to finish high <laughs> ranks, right? So, we'll Muzzy doesn't doesn't to. sit. He doesn't sit on a rank, right? You're always going for the the highest possible rank, right? Yeah, yeah. 
we'll, we'll try to go for <laughs> right. high ranks. Yeah. So anyways, everybody that's uh, interested in Watchstone, definitely tune into that uh, later tonight. I, I know Saiyan always does a great stream with that. So look for his stream, or if not, you know, obviously Muzzy's going to stream it too, I'm sure. Um, let's see. Uh, next thing is... Oh, I want to give a quick shout-out to folks that are listening, you know, on iTunes. Those of you that watch on Twitch might not un- realize that we were actually available on all the audio podcast channels like iTunes and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. So I want to give a shout-out to folks that have left us a five-star review because it helps out a ton when, when it comes to finding Value Town when people search for Hearthstone. So a uh, big shout-out to Schleiper and Isabella Chapman for, for doing that. And, you know, again, it doesn't take very long to help out the show, and if you do, uh, just go to iTunes real quick and, and leave a review. Also, the show is sponsored by all the patrons of Value Town, so I want to give a shout-out to these folks that support the show. They are the reason why the show happens every week. So a big shout-out to uh, our legendary producer, Mike T, as well as North Cal, BW, William C, Gary D, Dan S, SRG, Ryan L, Nick H, Code Chemist, Jack R, and Kevin G. Uh, thank you so much for that. And if you want to check out patreon.com slash Town, that's the best way to do that. Help us out. Every single dollar helps out. Okay, uh, why don't we talk about news a little bit here? And uh, we only have a few few things, not not too many things this week. But um, first off, Super JJ leaves Hearthstone. So last time I think we talked about um, Life Coach leaving. So no surprise here, right? JJ, I mean, has been been doing Gwen, of course, and um, you know, I guess as a player like Muzzy, maybe get your opinions on this. Um, do you see this as a trend or eh, it's just like a one-off thing? Um, I, I don't think it's like going to be a trend. JJ uh, was actively uh, a part of Life Coach's life, I believe. He uh, was always over at his house and played Gwent with him all the time. And I, 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 I kind of expected JJ to transition to Gwent after I saw Life Coach did too, because JJ wasn't uh, really streaming Hearthstone as much, not playing like ladder as much as. Yeah. they used to in the past so yeah I, I think it's i think it's just like a small thing i don't think we'll see a bunch of players like a bunch of pro players transition to gwen i think mm-hmm. hearthstone like the state of hearthstone i actually like where hearthstone's at right now i think yeah. uh there's a bunch of decks that people can play and it's pretty fun i would say so it's such it's so polar it's so crazy how the community is just so polarized right now in terms of where it is um mm-hmm. you know like last time i think the last show we talked about there's definitely a huge difference between arena and standard right now so i think that might sure. be one of the the root causes of it sure. um but yeah. uh yeah i you know another thing too is like whenever we talk about people leaving and we shouldn't i guess i shouldn't call it leaving cuz they can always just come back and you know what i mean it's like they can always in the next expansion comes out you know i'm sure we'll probably see a life coach here or a, a, a JJ here, you know, playing some more Hearthstone. Um, but another bit of news with Hearthstone is that Hearthstone ended up winning the Google Play Multiplayer Game of the Year, which is pretty cool because I, I don't think they've won that in the past. Like, have you guys? Like, they've won you know? Games of the Year, I think, for other maybe yeah. from other sources, but I'm not sure about specifically that one. But never Google Play, which is uh, for those of you never heard of it. Maybe never had an Android phone. Uh, Google Play is, is, you know, the equivalent to iTunes for uh, all Android phones. So pretty big deal. Saying basically it's the top, you know, multiplayer Android game like available. That's pretty cool. We always talk about Hearthstone 
And I don't know, sometimes it's a joke that it's a mobile game, but it is, guys. It's actually a yeah. mobile game. <laughs> you wonder why your spectator mode doesn't work? Because you don't spectate on your mobile phone. That's why. So there's That's... no reason to change that. I don't care how much we clamor for it. It doesn't very it doesn't rank very highly yeah. in the list of priorities. And I mean it keeps, you know, production teams uh hired. <laughs> Since everything's <laughs> going to shit anyway with the spectator mode, you need people to patch oh it. God. So you know, all you have to do is give these guys some, a job. So we can thank Blizzard for making production companies more lucrative. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Thank goodness for them. Um. <laughs> <laughs> bless, bless Blizzard. Yeah, yeah. It's a production company right now. Uh, so one bit of news, this is like obviously a little bit of a, a mess up, I would say, that uh, the community was talking about just last week was that the Wild Tournament, you know, top, top 64 on the Wild Ladder, you know, get, you're going to be able to qualify for this tournament. Well, some of the news came out for it, uh, you know, obviously a bit late, given that it was towards, you know, it's kind of towards the end of the season. And um, the news came out that basically folks in New Zealand or Australia um, would have to be ranking up on the Asian ladder to actually qualify for this, um, you know, top 64 thing. Now, you're probably wondering, oh, that makes sense, you know? Like, of course, you know, New Zealand, Australia, obviously closer to the Asian region, it kind of makes sense. But no, like, it doesn't make sense because in most of all the other rules and stipulations, those two countries play on the NA server. So that's what they've been playing on, like, this whole entire time. So there's been a lot of, you know, obviously backlash in terms of a lot of the New Zealand and Australian players you know, find out, finding out about this last minute and now like having to rank up from like the, I don't know, rank 25 or maybe or something like that and trying to qualify. So um, hopefully they'll be able to get in or at least the top players will still be able to get in. But just another, you know, another piece of information or another example of just Blizzard needs to get information out to us quicker. You know, yeah, I mean, something like I want to touch up on that. Like the top 64 wild, like there's never really a point structure for that like there is for HCT so mm -hmm. uh, at like the Australian people can you really expect them to be a part of like the NA qualifiers then like that's what I thought I, I, I felt like the Australian people like I even I even told shouldn't you be playing on on the Asia ladder not mm -hmm. not the NA ladder if you're trying to qualify for this because it's going to be like it's reason it's region-based, the wild tournaments, like top 64 and NA top 64 and in China and then Asia and EU. So like, yeah. I, I don't know why they expected they'd be part of like the NA qualifiers. And if they did finish top 64 on the NA ladder, like, I, I, I don't know. I just felt like it was, yeah. they, they shouldn't have expected that. Right. Yeah. So I, I believe in the end though, they ended up correcting this. So um, let me. Let me yeah, there's sure. like a lot of backlash. Yeah, it looks like looks like New Zealand and Australia are are part of both regions now, so well, you can qualify for either one. To mm -hmm. be fair, though, like you know, let's uh, let's at least mention that so far Hearthstone Esports has had these issues. Maybe not this specific one, but has had real issues repeatedly. It's like a trend almost where. I remember back in 2014, um, they said, oh, we're going to be, you know, making esports a little bit bigger in 2015. And then there were fuck ups. And then and they said, oh, 2016 is going to be great. And then 2016 was filled with these same, you know, types of issues. And uh, 2016 was going to be the esports year. 
<laughs> with no problems. So at least this time around, I feel like the most of the machine is oiled, and this is one of the smaller hiccups. Yeah, um, it got fixed pretty quickly, th- we, too. We have had some problems this year, nonetheless. So it seems like there's a probably, I almost want to say that there's almost too much going on to where something is not being communicated properly to someone in a position of, you know, communicating that out. So there's like some people who are in charge of communicating are not aware of certain things. And that's causing a huge disconnect between what players are told and what the, the guy is responsible for, you know, the, the link between them and the company, those guys also know. So there's mm-hmm. a huge question. So they always have to go up the ladder to figure out what is true, what is real. And it takes a long time to resolve. And there are so many of these misinterpretations that, that come out all the time. So maybe it's just a thing that will end up being solved over time. Uh, it might just yeah. be. Well, I mean, but, it has been solved in terms of like this particular situation. But, this particular issue yeah, is, yeah. yes. But I mean, we've, we had so much of it crop up that I can't expect. I mean, I'm, yeah. I, I'm hopeful that 2017 goes perfectly well. But I'm, I don't know. I'm waiting. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> sitting around, okay. I'm sitting around. I'm waiting. I mean, so far, at least the structure that they've had. Um, I mean, the first season's always a little rough, right? Just because yeah. everything they introduce, you know, like it's the first time doing it. But this past season, I think, was okay. Like, Muzzy as a player, was everything pretty clear for you, you know, in terms of rules and everything? Yeah, I think HCT's like yeah. evolved from where it was the first year ever with like. <laughs> well People yeah just straight <laughs> qualifying I, I, I like it a lot better than last year as well we kind of talked about this earlier with how everything's structured differently i feel like uh it's becoming more standardized we'll just have to see like where yeah. blizzard wants to take it mm-hmm. okay uh i think that concludes the news here um uh, the next bit of thing i wanted to talk about was um uh, just free to play, just that general uh, topic. Just because we we typically get it just in our Q and A, people always asking about you know just Hearthstone being more expensive. You know that's been obviously a big uh, just a general theme lately in the community. But uh, free to play Hunter came up recently because Toast ended up getting uh, to Legend with free to play Hunter uh, with 189 games, I think, and he ended up with 67 percent win percentage too doing that. I can actually show the tweet real, here real quick. Sure. So sure. Um, I guess the the question is, oh, actually, here we go, is with free-to-play right now, um, Muzzy, do you think free-to-play, like, have you done any free-to-play experiments recently at all? or? Um, not recently. Like, in the past, I used to be, uh, I, I, I used to be free-to-play and not, uh, mm-hmm. not spend money on the game. I mean, it took a, a long time of, of grinding arena to, to get to that point, I think I have, I have like around 3,000 arena wins, but I haven't touched it in about like two years or something. Right. But I think if you like, you can definitely get to legend as free to play, but like participating in ACT tournaments and like these other things, <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. see it happening as much. Right. I, I, and I also agree with Toast that Hunter's, uh, Hunter's the best class to uh get to legend with as a free to play player because so many of their good cards are either basic or they're really cheap like savannah high main tundra rhino they cost almost nothing i actually uh i actually finished i think last season on asia really high with uh with pretty much uh the same deck that toast Mm -hmm. has right now it's 
not that far off just the best hunter deck period right yeah. yeah pretty much that's the big deal too is like if you climb late season and you're playing a deck that's probably the best or close to the best you can get for that class yeah. you know it's gonna work out and you know I, you wouldn't free to play a warlock climb but you'd free to play a hunter climb right like <laughs> there's right. a huge dis- <laughs> like there's a huge discrepancy in accessibility based on classes and i think that's okay um, you know, as a yep. free to player, and that's true for pretty much every game, you can't expect to have the ability to play any deck you want without, you know, at least grinding a lot or getting, uh, you know, putting some money in the game. And I mean, we can discuss the the value you get out of the stuff that you you buy. But at the end of the day, if your goal is to get to legend and that's the thing that matters to you the most, that's doable without spending money. And that's a completely different issue than, you know, the quote unquote cost of Hearthstone. Because yeah, I think people who complain about it usually say, "I want to play Lore Walker Show meme decks, but I can't." It's like, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you you can't, you, in the, yeah. you indeed cannot. If it ever gets to the point where people are complaining they can't qualify for HTT prelims free to play, then I just give up. I just yeah, that's give what up I'm saying. That, that's kind of my point, <laughs> totally. right? Like, if you're talking about competitive play purely and you just want to be have like be on equal footing with everyone else, that's a different story. <laughs> that's just not going to happen. I mean, that's just. That's the reality of it. You can do it. We've had yeah. free to players climb like in the past, but they they'd been playing for a while. It wasn't like oh they started this oh, week, yeah, yeah, put zero dollars in, and got you know full seven deck roster ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just not not a thing. Yeah, and um, well, uh, given this free to play deck is again just very very cheap. And we've been doing Deck of the Weeks recently with all the Value Town patrons, and we've been doing this kind of audio-only mini-shows just for the patrons. And for this week, guys, we're going to be doing this Hunter, just because we haven't actually ever picked a very cheap deck. And this one is the cheapest that we can find right now that's actually good. So uh, be ready for that. I'll post that on the Patreon web- website. And if any of you guys are interested, again, like we we... What we do on Mondays, by the way, is we have a mini show. And we have all the patrons that you know, played the deck come on and just tell us their experiences and win percentages and what they learned from it. So if you like that, definitely check that out on our patron page. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool that he got to Legend, though. I think I think it's a big deal. I mean, I remember there were a few other people trying to get to Legend with Hunter, maybe maybe last release, and that was like super hard last release, I think, for folks. Mm-hmm. But it was Hunter was definitely a week last yeah, release. Yeah, yeah. With all the early game other decks had. Much better now than, than it was before. Um, all right. It's a matter well, of timing, right? You got to time your, your climb yep. to where there's a deck yeah. that favors F2P more so than anything else. To be fair, though, um, you know, Pirate Warrior used to cause very little, and then, you know, the patches came in. Um, and then you know, patches mm-hmm. and Leroy are now kind of staples in, in those decks, and that makes people say, well, even the. The most aggressive decks. You know, we used to have a zoo that cost nothing. We could climb with it. It's like, yeah, you're right. But the patches are the reason aggro decks even have a thing now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's single-handedly the reason you can play those decks um, for many of them. So once you have a patches, it doesn't just go in one deck. It goes in multiple decks. So suddenly you're like, you unlock a wider array of, of decks than just the one. And I think that's what a lot of people fail to realize is it's not all just quest that you're looking to get it's not all class specific cards you're looking to get to, to compete a lot of it is neutral and if you slap it into multiple decks suddenly you're not um as constrained by the i guess the cost of hearthstone yeah i bet somebody with aggro warrior could still get there even without patches 
I mean, it might take a lot of games, but I bet you could get to Legend. Yeah, your win rate's a bit higher when you have patches. <laughs> well, yeah, so. but uh, maybe if they grinded like 500 games or something crazy, yeah. like, you know, 600 games, they could get there. Um, all right, well, I uh, want to uh, remind everybody that the this episode is sponsored by uh, Game Coach, and Game Coach is a coaching website. If you're looking to get better at Hearthstone, uh, go ahead and check them out, or at least check the coaches they have over there at game-coach.com. We've got a quick uh, little video trailer for uh, Game Coach that we want to show, so we'll be right back in just a second. Stone, CSGO, Overwatch, and many more to come in the future. When you have picked a game of your liking, oops. here at Game Coach, we have a variety of games such as League of Legends, Hearthstone, CSGO, Overwatch, and many more to come in the future. When you have picked a game of your liking, simply choose one of our fantastic coaches by clicking on his or her profile. Here you will see background information and their calendar availability for a lesson. Starting a lesson is super easy. Coordinate with your coach and meet up on Discord, and then jump on a voice channel and begin your journey to becoming legendary. Game Coach. All right, guys. Well, uh, why don't we go into Q&A now with uh, emails? So uh, we have a couple of them, actually. Uh, we have one from the TF Boy that asked, So Blizzard has often encouraged a more aggressive metagame Hearthstone in Standard because of the casual nature of the mobile player base. As, the more, as mobile player bases like games tend to be short. Uh, but what about wild? Do wild games have to be as short as standard? Isn't wild supposed to be for veteran players and not for more casual players? If so, why not have wild be a place where the meta is slower, even by a little bit, so that you can do all those crazy combos and not die to pirate warrior aggro druid every other game? Do you do you agree? Or if so, how would you go about changing supporting wild? So uh, I'll comment on that because I asked Lothar that question, who's currently ranked 2 Legend in Wild, so he knows his shit, I'm assuming. Uh, <laughs> and as it stands, I asked him if, I, if he thought that Standard or Wild was faster in terms of metagame, and he said that for ladder play, Standard was actually faster than Wild. Uh, there was more aggro because the meta contains, or at least the ladder system does not really offer much in terms of counters. Granted, it's not by a big margin where, you know, oh, you have Reno in a wild and you don't have it in standard. <laughs> right. So it's like right. one turn longer. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, I get to turn to six instead of dying on turn four. But it's slightly slower for that reason. So you actually get to play um, a little bit more turns per game. It's still, however, within that sweet spot of I can play this on the shitter and get away with it. So <laughs> they uh, they definitely... <laughs> They like they definitely have an incentive to to increase the speed of, of the meta, um, or at least to keep it bearable. And I just want to go back to the days of Patron Warrior and Handlock and Combo Druid to just illustrate how long some games took on ladder. Like, there were pockets of the of the meta where it just took forever. And that's just talking about a meta that was still quick. You died on turn seven from you know mm-hmm. Combo Druid. You you got gianted down. You died quick. The problem uh, was really when we had like a, a a pocket of control meta like those are just christ it's it's hearthstone you know un, unfun to play and queue up into randomly like unless for a casual player i'm talking about not not the guy who wants to commit an eight hour session of ladder grinding talking about the guy who pulls out hearthstone says i want to play a fun game of hearthstone and just ends up playing for like 25 to 30 minutes because his opponent keeps hitting the justicar button um that 
definitely isn't fun. It's like if I told you there's a 50% chance you run into a Clash Royale game that's going to last 45 minutes. <laughs> like, yeah. you will not play that game. You will simply not play it. Yeah. Hi, Muzzy, any thoughts on point. that? Just um, I, I have a little experience with WoW, but mm-hmm. I initially intended on uh, uh, participating in the WoW tournament and getting top 64 oh, okay. as well for NA, but yeah. after after I played Wild and uh, got to Legend and like played against a bunch of the other decks, it wasn't really as, as fun to me because uh, the good decks i think like the stronger decks are like the slower reno mages mm-hmm. those yep. decks like when you play against them they just make you feel awful with all their death lords all their belchers all their nazans <laughs> like those decks are slow and they're really really powerful i think and i th- I think some of the slower decks in wild are, are particularly a lot stronger than some of the faster ones people say like the faster ones are better and because they because uh, they see, like, it's what most of the people are playing, right? Less of the people are playing the slow decks. That's why you're not seeing it pop up as much. So, I don't know. I feel, I feel like Wild could have a slow meta if uh, if more people, like, more of the good people were playing, like, the yeah. slower decks, right? Yeah. I think I generally agree with you, too. I've been, I, this season I played probably more Wild than I've ever played. And, I mean, it was fun. Uh, but, of course, I'm more prone to play the control type of decks uh but they're really strong like they have like everything that blizzard has ever built to be anti-aggro is available to you so i don't know how it could be you know that bad you know for control even with those those crazy uber fast decks you know yeah and um, I, I guess uh, on that point to talk about the, the fun factor of hearthstone because that seems to be what it's this is the end game of it is Oh, I have more fun playing, you know, slower decks and whatnot. Um, truth be said, it, it depends what your definition of fun is. If your definition of fun is pulling off a crazy combo that costs 20 mana, then yes, that's going to be very difficult, and that's going to be true whichever format you play it in. Um, however, if, you're, if your idea of fun is making the most decisions possible that matter the most, aggro is surprisingly satisfying in that way. Oh, and yeah. Probably more so totally. than control, because... While there are a lot of options in control in terms of how you can tech your deck, once the, the game starts, you're looking to play that Doomsday on curve, that turn three that gives you the most tempo, the turn four that doesn't make you die, the turn five that keeps you alive, the turn six that locks out the game. Like it there's no there's very few branching options when it comes to playing a control mm-hmm. deck. Yeah. Um, depending of course on the control deck you're running, I guess there are some nuances there, but it tends to be more linear than aggro for all you know the hate that aggro gets for being brainless. I think a lot of the smaller decisions that you make early matter more in the long term. Well, it's not brainless, that's for sure. Yeah, that's definitely a misrepresentation of aggro all the time. Um, okay, so yeah, so in general, I, I think that um, you know supporting wild in terms of mobile, I don't know. You can, you know, what I mean, like wild is supposed to literally be anything goes, and if a mobile playing experience is supposed to be short, then you can't really help it, right? I mean, I don't think they should do anything. It's just like play at your own risk, basically. If you don't like it, then go play something like a different mode. Um, all right, so a next question from Amit, who's our regular, uh, he's one of our regular emailers. Oh, by the way, guys, if you want to email in to us each week, go ahead and email to valuetown at chanmanv.tv. 
and we'll be sure to read as many as we can out. Uh, Ahmed, how would a series of Hearthstone with sideboards look like in terms of deck choices? Sideboard and targeting strategy. And why are they not common in Hearthstone? So yeah, this, keeps, this comes up every so often, so I figured I'd bring it up even, even now, given that we have a new expansion and a reset. So Muzzy, your take. Sideboards. Interesting or not uh, in Hearthstone? I don't really know what sideboarding actually is. Could you... So imagine you have uh, your 30-card deck, mm-hmm. and then you have a selection of, say, five cards that between games you're allowed to swap in and out. So think of your deck as like a 35-card deck that you have to take five cards out before the game starts. So you get to keep your tech cards if you want to. You can have a sideboard with like, oh, you know, like an extra greedy card like Nizoth for Control Paladin, or you have like an extra Forbidden Healing. So yeah. it would just allow you to swap your deck in between games to improve your matchups. So is this like talking about for tournaments, I guess, then? Yeah, yeah. probably for tournaments. Because so, yeah. like on ladder, I, you can already kind of like switch your decks. Yeah, I mean, it's games, just one game right? series, yeah. Basically. So uh, I guess if there was sideboarding, then uh, it would allow people to know your deck list as well. So I don't know if uh, how that will affect it. Like you can already kind of put tech cards in and not uh, not like make your matchups that bad. So... I I don't really know of sideboarding one. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, my I mean my view on sideboarding is definitely gone. I've been like so pro sideboarding to okay, not so much anymore and then it's definitely gone back and forth and there was a time where I was actively planning a sideboard event. You know, like really bouncing off just formats, you know, just some players asking them what they thought. And the thing about sideboarding for me is that you know, I think traditionally sideboarding is like a four card type of thing, you know, something like a very small amount of cards. But I think where sideboarding might get interesting is if you upped that number to like, let's just say it's 15, you know, or 10 or 15, something that's limited to not the entire card set, you know, so you still are limited by that. The only thing for me now about card, like just, just sideboarding is that is playing a single class versus another single class really that interesting you know, in, in terms of the grand scheme of Hearthstone. And that's where I'm not sure, you know, because I'd have to implement, I have to actually play some trial, you know, tests to really, really see. But, you know, it's like, do we want to see like Warrior vs. Warrior, you know, or like Warrior vs. Warrior for seven games or Warrior vs. Paladin for seven straight games, you know, that sort of thing? Is that interesting to you guys? I'm personally, like, I'm against sideboarding in Hearthstone and I always will be. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I just think that. With the swing potential of tech cards, what you're doing is basically creating archetypes that, like, imagine mid-range paladin and murloc aggro paladin. Like, how many cards are different? There's like three slots, like whatever. Um, at least in the current iteration, so you'd be able to bring one deck that effectively is like two to three decks at once by swapping a few cards in and out. Right. And I don't like that. Um, I think if you're committing to a lineup, it should probably be very weighted towards a strategy. Um, and while sideboarding would, I think sideboarding would work if you brought, like, if the tournaments were set up in such a way that you only play one deck. I'm totally down with that. You tell me, all right, guys, you know, you bring one deck to an event, you're going to play a best of five with that one deck, but you get to swap cards in and out. Yeah, that's I'm what down. it would be. That's fine. That's what but it would be. But if you tell yeah. me, you know, bring four, five, six decks, that's different. And since the, the Rock, Paper, Scissors game is pretty steep, um, I, I don't know if people would really enjoy watching, you know, as you said, mirror matches of the same stuff over and over, as they would both tech the same cards and would yeah. come down to 
decisions well, I mean, that sometimes don't matter. The question for me, so the, the part, at least from an abstract level, that is interesting for me is that it, it allows you to think about the game in terms of, okay, we know what the metagame is right now, right? With nine classes and with 30 cards. Now, is the metagame any different if, say, we had a choice of, like, we had decks of 45 cards or decks of 50 cards where we could only use 30 going into a series? I mean, is the metagame different? You know, like, I think there would be certain classes that are better than other classes. Um, it's a little bit of like we see in Arena, right? Like, Arena, you get Price to draft might become good. Yeah. Please might just become good because it has yeah, like po- possibly, but that's where <laughs> yeah, the, that's where it's interesting to talk about, you know. And it, it, but is it just only interesting talking about versus you know implementing? And I don't know, Muzzy. Like, what what do you think of all this? Like, any opinions? Mm, I don't know if like things would really change. Right. There's like specific tech cards in Hearthstone, and there's not really like a whole options of tech cards like there's weapon destruction sure there's secret destruction sure there's like only those fear right and people are already running those so like in hearthstone like sideboarding i I don't really see it like being there right it's just like options that you'll have like the decks that or the extra cards that you'll have as options they'll just like make your deck weaker sometimes because you include like these tech cards in here most of the time anyways right so i don't i don't really see sideboarding working too well in hearthstone no, i think yeah, well, when you only talk about tech carding i totally agree with you you're like that's that is what the definition of sideboarding has been in in all the other games where you just include tech cards and swap them in and out whenever you need them but if you're talking about more of i think of it more of like a deck building type of challenge you know like where you know, if you could, with a specific class, change, let's just say, like, Control Paladin. Let's say Control Paladin and, and maybe the mid-range Murloc one. If you had 50 cards, you could actually go between both of them, you know, between games, um, you know, and, and do that sort of thing. You know, obviously, you could, have, you, know, you could just have a format where you just have two separate decks, too. But in the case that we're talking about, you know, having extra cards and building a deck before each of your games... I think that's maybe we don't label it as sideboarding just because sideboarding has this connotation, but that's the kind of thing I was thinking of, which is a little bit different. Yeah. If it's traditional sideboard, I agree with you guys that it's not that interesting in, in Hearthstone. Yeah, okay. Like, mm-hmm. like each decks yeah. in Hearthstone sort of have like a particular game plan, right? So if you're yeah. including all these other other cards, you're just kind of like making the deck a whole lot different, right? So I guess like it'd be playing like two different decks right that, yeah essentially it but it's just not an optimal like you'd probably have your optimal deck and then you would have options of a non-optimal deck and given how you match up against your opponent you know what if he counters you like with his optimal deck and you have to like make changes to yours to even ha- you know be able to to deal with it then you know it creates an interesting thing it still feels kind of rock paper scissorish still so it's not i think it actually just makes better. a specific i think it like that meta would get solved i wouldn't say faster but you'd end up with like one dominant deck that everybody gravitates to because it's yeah. known to be the easiest or the best tech or the best to you know like unless yeah, the play styles are extremely different i think you'd see a like an emergence of clear-cut winners a lot faster so mm-hmm. it's probably healthier for the game not to have sideboards in a nutshell mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's a format, like, honestly, at this point, any format that Hearthstone wants to add, that somebody wants to try, <laughs> right. go it's, ahead, man. It's like, going to be down. interesting for one tournament. Sideboard tournament? <laughs> yeah. I'm down. I'm okay with that. Like, I think Hearthstone needs more of those, you know, crazy exactly. ideas or wacky ideas that are 
different um, than what you'd expect. I I totally dig that. So yeah, you can at least do it for one one event. I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all the questions that we have, um, or at least we have time for. So um, definitely want to let Muzzy get back to laddering up, given that you know it's uh, very very important for all these players to get all the points they can get. But uh, thanks for stopping by, dude. It was awesome having you on finally and getting a chance to ask you all about hct yeah thank you for having me uh, i learned about sideboard and, uh, <laughs> yeah positive experience cool you have any shout outs or uh, where can people find you uh you can usually find me like on my twitter at lg underscore muzzy and i usually stream on twitch as well at muzzy underscore hs mm-hmm. so you can usually find me there awesome noxious yeah, shout out to Complexity as usual and yourself for putting the show together. Muzzy, again, congrats on your uh, performance. Thank it was uh, it was a beauty. It was a beauty. <laughs> it was a beauty. <laughs> good luck in Shanghai, man. Just good luck. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Don't let it fail you. All right, and I'll round things up. Thank the two of you guys for doing the show. It's uh, again, it was a fantastic episode, and everybody for watching. Um, you can find the vods for the show if you missed any of it on YouTube.com/slash/ChainManV. Follow us all on Twitter. You can see all the Twitter accounts here on the overlay. And follow the show's Twitter at ValueTownGG. That's going to be it for ValueTown this week. So for Muzzy, Noxious, and myself, Chan Man V, we'll see you next week. Later. <laughs>